2: into Inside Carolina's Next Level YouTube show. I'm your host, Tommy Ashley. That's Greg Barnes. Got a special guest. We've had a lot of special guests on this thing lately, Greg. Scott Forbes, head coach of North Carolina baseball on the eve-eve of his third season at North Carolina starting Friday against Seton Hall. Scott, how you doing? I'm great. Hope you guys are doing well. We certainly are. Certainly beautiful weather to get started uh, at least right now for your third season let let me start this off by asking the question now that you are going into your third year you've obviously been at carolina for a long time it's your program now does it feel different for year three than it has in the first two
0: yeah it 100 percent feels different um and you know, a lot of people say that it's your program, but I always tell our guys it's UNC's program. You know, we, I remind them all the time that we owe so much more to university and everything that's done for us. But obviously, being the head coach for my third year, uh, the first year was was interesting to say the least with COVID. Um, you know, it's one thing I think to be your first year head coach; your head's going to be spinning anyway, and your heart rate's going to be fast. But then add COVID, and it really it was, it was difficult, um, but it taught me a lot. It taught me a lot about patience and a lot about learning to detach and slow down a little bit before you make decisions. Um, so I'm excited about it. I have a blast every single day and I just feel really blessed to be in this position.
1: Scott, when, when you were hired, I think pretty much everybody around the program and around this area thought, yeah, well, of course, that, that makes sense that Scott Forbes is gonna follow uh, Mike Fox. Um, and it was a, it was thought to be a wise decision. And I think everybody agreed with that. You are in year three now. Um, I, I'm just curious, even though everybody thought you were the right fit, um, there's always that element of the unknown. Like, we think he's the guy, but can he perform? <laughs> well, you, you've been to the NCAA tournament twice. You won the ACC championship last year. Super regional host you you've proven very quickly that, that you can get the job done um, beyond maybe the the circle of the triangle um, Has that kind of set in that that maybe people from afar and, and especially recruiting that they understand like, okay this is this is Carolina baseball that that we've always known like mean this is this is more of the same have you been able to kind of sense that the maybe the level of respect growing for you?
0: Um, you know, I don't think about that a lot. Uh, I think more about our program and I use it with our players a lot. As a matter of fact, um, I don't think North Carolina baseball gets as much respect as they should get because of, of, if you look back to when coach got here and I got to see that, you know, firsthand and, and what he did and what we all did together, um, and all the players did, but, you know, we, we've, We've always looked up to Dean Smith, Coach Fox, and I, and just how he had such sustained success. Like, it's one thing to be good, then not good. You know, have a great year, then an average year. And we always said even our years where we not may not be as, as talented as we've been, we want to have a chance. Um, whereas if we get the postseason, then we can make a run. We've always felt like that. Uh, but I do, you know, I would just say personally, I feel more confident, and I think that's normal the more you you do something, um, you know, the more you get used to doing it. But I just accepted that I was following, you know, someone that I couldn't try to be. Uh, but on the reverse side of that, I also was smart enough to see that the way he ran the program, the blueprint of running a program was was right. And that's something that I I promised Coach that I would never change, the backbone of our standards and our culture and the way we do things around here. Um, but I also got advice to be who I am. So, you know the personalities are the personalities. Nobody's the same. Uh, but I hope I hope we have that respect. But I can tell you, I'm I've always been one. Um, I've always had to to prove myself as a player. You know, I wasn't naturally gifted uh, like some guys, and I had to work to get on the field. And and I'm always as long as I'm coaching and competing, I'm gonna work like nobody thinks we're any good.
2: It's an interesting take there a lot of questions i'm thinking of listening to you speak but let me ask you from this perspective i asked mac brown back during the football season having a guy like drake may how beneficial and can you quantify what that does for your program i'll ask you the same question with vance honeycutt with all the national accolades that he's gotten how does how does having a guy now he's one out of 35 or 40 Mm -hmm. but having that where all the national media all the outside guys are looking at North Carolina baseball Vance Honeycutt how how do you sort of think about that and sort of parlay that maybe down the road when it comes to it on the national scale and recruiting and all that
0: yeah anytime you get you know what some of us consider as coaches a potential generational type player like you know you, you, you pay attention to it and like, hey, I, I haven't coached many kids like this. I was fortunate to be here, you know, during Dustin Ackley's entire career. I coached Andrew Miller one year. Um, and as good as Vance is, you know, those guys were pretty good too. Uh, but having a guy like that that kind of, you know, people latch on to. Um, but what helps a guy like Vance and what's helped helps us is when you have a lot of other really good players surrounding Vance because then the pressure's taking off him a little bit where he doesn't feel like, you know, there are some teams where the star player feels like he has to do this every single night, or we're going to have no chance to win. And if we've done our job, and if we do get a guy like Vance, it's that talented that could potentially be a really high draft pick. Um, You know, you got a guy hitting potentially right behind him, Mac Horbath who could be a back-end first rounder or you're somewhere in the first round. Um, But it is cool. The way I look at it is, you know, it's kind of like, Watching Aaron Sabato take BP, you don't have many guys on your team, and, and then all of a sudden Osuna's here. But when Osuna takes BP, I stop and I watch him take BP because there aren't many guys that I've coached in my last 25 years that can basically hit the ball over that net every time they swing. Um, so I, I approach it as a big positive of like, you know, man, this is this is awesome. But also my job as head coach is to get the most out of vans and to challenge him to be the best that he can be and not get caught up in it.
1: Scott, before we, we turn to the, the team specifically in, in the season ahead, I just want to kind of ask with you, you've been a part of some, some really good teams, obviously. Uh, a lot of trips to the College World Series, a lot of ACC titles, that type of thing. Um, when, you, when you start to get ready for a season with the team, how do you approach them in terms of setting team goals and expectations and those types of things, you know, maybe stuff that, that's private in the locker room, uh, but you know that you, your team obviously is you're probably going to be top 25 all year long, a lot of expectations. How do you address that before you actually get into the season and set the right tone?
0: Yeah, you know, I have a meeting. The first meeting is always exciting for me in the fall. Um, and now, you know, I really believe that our guys are visual learners. Kids are neat these days. So I'm not the most technical person, but I've learned at least to do a little bit of a PowerPoint. And then I only do it twice, twice a year. And that first meeting we only say it twice that meeting and the meeting before the spring starts. We know what our goal is. And we put the college world series, you know, we put the stadium up, but we also don't want to just go to the college world series. We don't want to work our tails off and get there and be satisfied with getting there. And we want to win North Carolina, their first national championship, you know, for all these players that have been and come so close. Um, But, you know, anytime you become a head coach, you do get to decide, okay, what you want to do as far as what is your philosophy on that type of stuff. And for me is as cliche as it it sounds, you know, I'm a huge John Wooden fan and I'm a huge Nick Saban fan. Um, And those two guys are just so process oriented, like challenging their guys to just get better every single day and then making them understand that in baseball more than any other sport, you're just going to fail. So you got to be able to handle that failure. And the guys that can handle that the quicker, but, you know, you know, our standards, our culture, You, I go over it. Here's what you need to know. Here's how we're going to play. Here's how we're going to do things around here. And there's no negotiation in that. You know, we're going to represent this university at all times the right way, not just here. We're gonna, we want to play an exciting brand of baseball that everybody that comes is excited to watch. But we also, when we leave here, we have that, that part that's more important. Um, But we don't talk much about winning championships, Uh, same thing. You know, Dean Smith didn't talk much about it. He talked about how we're going to win those championships. And that's what we talk about, you know, and they probably get tired of hearing it, but I want them to get tired of hearing. I want them to get tired of hearing we got to be good defensively. We have to be fundamentally sound, you know, because everybody just wants to to watch offense and home runs and strikeouts, but there's, there's way more to it. So I really enjoy that. And I also challenge them, Greg, I remind them, like, this is the only team like this team is its own team. There's at least one or two guys, you know, if you don't lose a lot, you still lose somebody because every team's never the exact same. And I challenge them to enjoy every single day. And and I want these guys when they come down here, because I think this matters. I think they, they need to look forward to coming to the Bosch. It needs to be their release. And, and then you're going to get the most out of them. They're going to practice hard. Um, so that's probably a long-winded answer. But that's what we talk about. Like, that's how you have sustained success like you don't you don't get too high or too low, but hard work, you know, it's a part of your character. And, and if you don't work hard, somebody is go, you can have a ton of talent, but somebody is working hard every single day that talent will start to fade away. So we talk about that often.
1: Yeah, along those lines, you keep mentioning Dean Smith. Uh, obviously, he did like a thought of the day, and, and Roy Williams followed that, and Hubert Davis is doing that now. Is there anything special that you try to do maybe weekly or even daily with practices to kind of drive home some of those points?
0: Yeah, I send an email out every night. You know, some some nights I may send a five-minute video. It could be a YouTube video. But we have – I used to do a thought for the day, but then I figured out, okay, we need to, we need to stick – to one thought for a while until it's in these guys' heads instead of moving on and on and on. Um, and obviously, we use a lot of stuff from Coach Williams, too, um, because of his sustained success and his book. You know, we use hard work quite a bit. Um, but one thing we talk about all the time is on every practice plan, we have our five pillars, which is the backbone of, of, of what we talk about. Um, but we also have a quote. and It's from Bo Schimblech, the coach from Michigan, and it just talks about the team, the team, the team, you know, nobody's above the team. And if we all make our decisions and we think about how it's going to affect the team, we have a chance to have a pretty good team because I make it clear in the recruiting too. like you're, you're picking the wrong place. If it's not about the team first and if things get out of order, you're going to have a hard time getting along with me. <laughs> On a daily basis, because it is about the team. It's about us having success as a team, and drilling that into our guys. But we also have a lot of weekly thoughts that we'll zero in on. Um, You know, we've we've we love Admiral McRaven's speech to Texas, and he wrote a book about you know things that can help you in your life and things like that. But I've learned you got to focus on those for about seven to one to two weeks, and then move on to the next team. But we do we do a lot of that. It's fun.
2: Make your bed. God, I've preached Make that. Your bed. My, I have preached that to my children forever and ever, and I don't know if it ever got through to them. <laughs> <Yeah>.
0: <laughs> One of my favorite ones is "Don't judge a man by the size of his flippers." <laughs> Baseball too. You, you, the size, you know, you can be small and short and be really good.
2: Absolutely, that is that is that is on point. There. Let me ask you about the leadership aspect. Um, we asked you at media day, um, who fills the void of Seredi and Zarate, and you know, Horvath is the first name out of your mouth there, um, but it's a process. You know, The older guys lead the new guys, and they sort of translate. How, how has that been such a good thing for this baseball team to have guys that come in fresh, think they know everything, they're freshmen, and they're led by the older guys. Now you have Horvath. Tomas Frick is is your iron guy behind the yeah. plate. Um, h- how much do you preach player-led teams? Um, we hear it all the time in other sports. How how much of that is in baseball?
0: I, I think it's if you're not player-led, you don't have some player leadership. Now, it always starts from the top. So it starts with me, um, leadership by example, with our coaches. You know, we meet and we talk about like, hey, we have to walk the walk or it's going to be no good. And our standards, we have to stick to them. But to have great teams, you have to have leadership in that locker room. And when that's the case, a lot doesn't come to me. It's, you know, it's taken care of before it ever gets to the coaches. And that's when you know you have a, 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 a well-led player team. Um, and I felt like I learned a lot of that playing for Coach Fox myself, um, you know, when you get there, you don't say much or you shouldn't say much because you're learning, but if you're fortunate to have some leaders on the team. When I walked in North Carolina-Westland my first year, they were coming off a season where they lost two regular season games. and I know it's Division Three, but that's, you know, they lost their other two games in the Division Three World Series. So I saw what a – you know, how, how guys led. And here I've seen the same thing. And we've been fortunate to uh, – a lot of times our best players are some of our best leaders – um, but I'm so proud of Danny and Angel. Those two really stick out. Um, also got ga- Gage Gilliam, but they led, but they taught these younger guys. You know, Mac didn't always talk when he got here. And he reminded me a lot of Kyle Dattris. And one thing Kyle said was he wished he would have spoke up more when he was a sophomore and it took him till he was a junior. And I've kind of seen that in Mac, like, you know, a little more, a little more. Um, but those guys that are your, your leaders, they also have to be your hardest workers because of – if they're not, they're, you know, what they say is going to go on deaf ears. But uh, we've been lucky and losing guys like Angel and Danny, you know, that's that's some big losses. But when you get back Matt Horvath and Tomas Frick and, you know, two fifth year seniors and Nick Pry and Will Sandy uh, for our pitching staff, those guys have been two super regionals. They're hungry. They came back because they want to go not just to a super regional, they want to find a way to get to the College World Series. And that really makes our job easier as, as coaches and then you have to recognize that as a coach and say okay I don't have to do so much to help these guys you know learn to come together I just need to coach them and let them take care of their own business and I feel like that's the type of team we have
2: yeah the three before me aspect of it it didn't yeah if it, if it never gets to you that's a great thing it shows your locker room strength We'll be right back with more Inside Carolina next level with head coach Scott Forbes. We're sponsored by Johnny T-shirt, JohnnyT-shirt.com. Take a chance to support them as they support Inside Carolina. They support these Inside Carolina podcasts and YouTube shows, and they certainly are great friends of the Inside Carolina community. Need baseball jersey for the start of the season? Head down to Johnny T-shirt on East Franklin Street and pick it up there, or order it online. They take care of you with the best customer service in the business. Let the national guys pay the bills. We'll be right back.
1: This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey.
2: And we're back with more UNC head baseball coach, Scott Forbes. Let, let's turn to the season. We're Wednesday uh, Wednesday lunchtime recording this. You've got a season starting here in two days. Yeah. Um, sort of preview not necessarily the Seton Hall series or Radford Longwood, but what you're trying to see holistically these first few games. Uh, baseball seasons are long, so you have an op- opportunity to to have a run-up to it all fall and in the spring, but now here we are. Um, yeah. Describe what good first couple weeks looks like for North Carolina.
0: You know, first of all, you know, you have to understand that you're playing 56 regular season games. I mean, there's no sport like this period in college baseball and in in college, you know? So I explained to our guys, if we're if we're living and dying, we're gonna be dying a lot because, you know, you're gonna have a lot highs, you're gonna have lows. And the teams that can continue to work and, okay, let's say you start off great and then you stop working, it'll catch up with you. Or you have a bad stretch and you think the world's coming to an end can't get out of it uh, so that's where you have to start like you have to under, tell your guys like hey if we win opening day okay well we're playing the next day the next day it's great thing about baseball you're playing you're playing you're playing um, but for me early the whole goal is to have our pitchers ready conditioned to throw you know 80 to 90 pitches possibly 100 and for us to play fundamental in baseball because hitting's hard takes a little while to get your timing down You may come out of the gate hot and you may score a lot of runs, but at the end of the day, if the guy on the mound's good and he's on, it's going to equalize you. So how are you going to win the game? you got to be ready to get bunts down. you got to be in advance on a dirt ball. Um, And then defensively, you cannot win a national championship if you don't pitch and you don't defend. So those are the things that we're looking at early is like, okay, not giving extra outs, playing really good fundamental defense. And I told our guys yesterday, I want every team – that walks down the steps or when we walk into their place, they know that they have to play well to beat us. Like we're not going to beat ourselves. And if you don't play well, it's going to be really difficult to beat North Carolina.
1: Scott, w- when you've got 19 new faces uh, in the program, we've already talked about some of the, the veteran guys you've got coming back. Uh, what's the process in terms of kind of scouting them? Obviously that, that starts back in the fall. Uh, but kind of getting them ready for the season and then making sure they have some opportunities maybe early in the season to see which ones in particular c- can help you throughout the course of the season.
0: Yeah, that's that's the old, that's the a great question, Greg, because that's I think that's what we're going to see from here on out in college baseball, um, especially at the Power Fives because you're dealing with the draft in high school, junior college, and when they're here. And then you have the transfer portal. So do you take a high school kid? Do you take an older kid that you feel good about that can help you right away? So I think the the average new faces on a team every year, most of the time, is going to be somewhere between 15 and 20. Um, it just it just is what it is. And you're hoping your juniors play so well. Yes, you want them back. But if they play that well, like Tim Federoff did in 08, um, you know, 100-plus hits, you're probably going to lose them to the draft. Uh, but, you know, Coach Gaines and I met, and we all talk about it often, you know, you got some guys that you know that at this point they're in the lineup. Um, they're going to play. If they fail, they're going to play. You have some guys that you know they haven't started here, so you want to you want to try to stick with them to find out what they can do. But then you have some guys that uh, you know you want to try to set up for success, and you would like their first outing, for instance, on the mound to be one where there's not as. I always have four or five guys I know. Like okay, them coming in with the bases loaded, and two outs in the ninth, and the game's tied. They're 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 going to be to handle it. They may not succeed, but their heart's not going to be way up here. And you got some other guys that, man, they might be unbelievably talented, but they need to g- gain a little bit of confidence. Well, how do you gain a little bit of confidence? you got to have – hopefully you have some success. So, as a coach, you're always trying to put kids in certain situations where hopefully they can get some of that success. Um, But you also have a rare guy like, you know, Vance is a great example. Like, he was going to play. He struggled in the preseason, but he played such an elite center field And you hope he learns not to strike out as much. You hope he learns parts of the game. Um, But I'm excited to see because we do have a lot of new faces. I think they're talented new faces. And then the trick is it it takes a little while. It takes in-game, you know, figuring out the pieces of the puzzle.
2: That leads perfectly into what I was going to ask you. That piece of the puzzle, especially defensively. I mean, I know Max played third base his entire life. Um, but you've played him out in the outfield some. How do you sort of mesh? I mean, Frick and Honeycutt, front end, back end, um, are pretty set. As far as the rest of the infield, how have you um, sort of worked that puzzle and yeah. how will you continue to work that puzzle to see what fits the best? And, and how do you want it to fit? Is it defensively? Is it getting the yeah. most offensive punch? Well, you,
0: you know, you, you, you kind of start with your pitching staff. and you know, That's why I'm so thankful I was a pitching coach before I became a head coach because it really helps you in the game think through things when you're making pitching decisions. But your pitching staff in 08, you know, we could, we could strike out anybody. So if we walked some guys and our defense was okay, it wasn't a big deal. Last year, um, and this is a credit to our coaching staff, you know, they were like, we re- I really think we should put Colby in. And I hesitated because Colby had been struggling offensively we insert Colby at second base and we turn, we lead the country in double plays pretty much the rest of the season. But we had a pitching staff that, you know, when they, when they were good, they threw strikes and their stuff was, was solid, but it wasn't like us in 08. You know, they didn't have the capability to strike out 680 guys. So I think this pitching staff's got a little more stuff um, to do that, but, the pitching side of me still likes to have a, an infield and a team out there that's really good defensively. The goal is to field 980. Not, I mean, that's high, but I'll take 975. But if you're fielding 978, 980, you're not giving extra outs. Um, and I feel like we've got a team that can potentially do that. It starts with Frit behind the plate. We have depth behind the plate. Eric Grants is a guy that, you know, I look at him and I'm like, man, you know, I probably should have gotten him even more bats. He, he always has come through. He's going to play for us, so that'll, that'll give Frick a little bit of a breather. But we're going to need both their bats in there, so we'll have to figure that out. Um, But we've moved Colby from second to short. And as Danny used to always say, like, Coach, he's our best shortstop. And Danny knew that. and Danny was playing short. But Danny had the leadership, and Danny ran the infield. So Colby's learned to do that by Danny's guidance, which is a credit to Danny. But I've been impressed with Colby. I think he's the type of guy, if he stays healthy, I think he can be one of the best defenders in the country, not just in, in our league. Now, he's going to make some mistakes because his range is – he can get to so many balls and he's got a bazooka. Um, so, I think some of his errors are going to be misleading because he's going to get the balls that some guys would never get to. Um, but we do have the flexibility in a guy like Mac to go from third base to right field. But right now, I see him sticking at third base. And second base has been a battle. Um, you know, we've, we've got some guys that have played really well. I think Austin Hawk, a true freshman. His older brother Tommy Hawk is at Wake and hit almost 400 last year as a freshman. Uh, has probably earned that nod. Um, but we got some guys at Vanderbreak, and uh, you know nipping at him, nipping at his heels. And then you got Vance in center, which allows you to take some pressure off those corner outfielders. Um, if we want to put Mac out there, we can. Uh, you know, we, we're going to be without Alberto and Johnny. Not too long, but both of them had uh, minor injuries, where I don't want to rush them back, and so they won't play the first weekend. Johnny won't play the second weekend. He's going to be ready for Stony Brook, I'm pretty sure. Alberto uh, was just his hamate bone, so he had it removed, and as soon as we can get him swinging, he could be clear two days later. But he's not going to be ready for Seton Hall. So you know, Stokely and is back. He's older. Um, He can play first base. Stokely's also shown he's gotten himself in the best shape he's ever been in. Mm -hmm. He's actually played a lot of third base, and he's looked good over there if we need to make that move. Um, Max Reamer is a name that you guys have seen off the bench a ton that we've worked pretty much in left field the whole time. We've worked him and Eric Grintz in the preseason in left field because their bats are just kind of take the 06 model of Jay Cox. Okay, not a great runner, but can catch a fly ball. Not going to hurt you, but can really hit. So we've worked both those guys out there. And Casey Cook is uh, is a, a redshirt freshman that was in the lineup I think opening day last year, but had to have shoulder surgery. And we've got some depth with Reese Holbrook and um, some speed options. So I'm excited. But it starts. It's going to start up the middle with Colby at short, Vance in center. Uh, we will do the bulk of the catching with Grants right now, right behind him. is going to give him some time to, to rest, but we'll DH whoever's not catching. And then I'm going to keep Mack at third to start the season, because I, I really believe he can be the best third baseman in the country, um, a gold glove type guy, kind of like Notre Dame had last year. Uh, but the challenge is going to be, how do we get them all in? If we want them all in at the, at the same time, you know, it's going to probably have to be a guy like Matt going to right, and Johnny going to third, or something. But we just have to figure that out as we go.
1: Some really good defensive pieces there, Scott. Uh, before we let you go, uh, got to ask you about your your pitching setup. And mm-hmm. what do you like about the the options that you have? And, and do you have a rotation in mind uh, for the weekend? And are there multiple guys uh, that maybe can can work into that rotation?
0: Yeah, just grab my. I've already made my game card, so I just grabbed it so I didn't miss anybody. <laughs> um, it, was, it There were some tough decisions going into the rotation because we had a group of about seven guys that we felt like could be legitimate starters. But you're really going to start four um, when the season gets going. You have that fifth guy the first three or four weeks. You know, you, We play those two games early just to try to figure our, te- our team out. You know, I'd rather play them early and have a little more break down the stretch in the ACC. So it starts with carlson um he's gotten better he had the surgery so now his arms even stronger his body's stronger his lower half stronger he's our friday guy, He's a big game pitcher and then we had a group of guys that uh really battled um and we decided to start will sandy on saturday um, which i'm so excited for will fifth year guy i've never seen him pitch this good i don't want to jinx him <laughs> but you know the old i mean hard work it does pay off i believe in that and he First of all, he's a phenomenal teammate, but, man, I've never seen him this strong. I've never seen him have this much sustained velocity, pitchability. Um, you know, the only thing, he's just going to be so pumped up. You know, he he could have to fight through it an inning or two against Seton Hall, but we're going to start him on Saturday. And then Connor Beaubier got the nod on Sunday, and both those guys could have been Saturday too. Beaubier was really good for us last year. If you look at Beaubier, I mean, he got broken in tough last year. Every time he pitched, it was a tough situation. And he had some ups and downs. But to be a first-year transfer from Siena, he did well. He's gotten a lot better. The question with bear is he is, besides Nick Pry, he's the only guy that has experience in our bullpen. So I think depending on how our guys do in our bullpen will determine what we do with bear as the season moves along. Um, because I feel comfortable also putting Bo Bear in there in the eighth and the ninth. Uh, so those three guys will start. Um, I don't know yet who will start midweek. Uh, names that come to mind potentially are Kyle Percival, Jake Knapp, a big junior college arm, um, potentially Cam Pageant. Uh, Kevin Acey's been phenomenal for us. He was the Ivy League Pitcher of the Year back-to-back seasons, uh, and he's tough. He, you know, So he'll be in our bullpen to start, but he's started his whole life. Uh, so we can we don't really have to prepare Kevin Acey to be a starter. We've been working him some out of the bullpen. You got Nick Pry out of the bullpen who's Mr. Reliable. Um, I don't want to cl- have Nick Pry necessarily be our closure. I want him to be a guy that can be like a Rob Wooten, can be like a Greg Holt that can pitch for us every day because he recovers so well. Um, and we put Dalton Pence in the bullpen. He you know he can also start, but he's a power arm. And uh, Greg, you know, you've been following crime baseball a while. I, I've always liked to get better late. And I think that, that puts a lot of pressure. Not that you you need good starters, obviously. We saw that last year. Um but if you have some good starters that are giving you innings and your bullpen, when those starters come out, you have different looks and it's it, it puts a lot of pressure on a team to score early, um, which helps your starters. So we've got a group of guys in Pry Pence, is a you know, Pence is a velocity lefty. Kevin Acey from Penn, Matty Mathias is going to be in big situations, right? He's just going to have to deal with it. He's a freshman. He's the one guy that, you know, he reminds me a little bit of like a Trent Thornton. I don't want to put that on him, but he could be out there against Seton Hall in the ninth and have to get the last three outs. We feel like he's got that ability. Now, he's also got a little kerrigan in him. He he can walk you and strike you out. He can walk you (laughs) and strike you out, which is fine. I tell guys, hey, if you walk a guy 3-2, you better be able to strike the next guy out. From the stuff standpoint, Um, we got a a couple other big, big arms that I'm really intrigued in. in, 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 And Ben Peterson, Um, you know, he's probably one of the the most followed arms from MLB as far as coming in here as a transfer. Uh, He he can be up to 95, 96, 97. Justin Zestawicki is a smaller kid that had the red shirt last year. Tommy John his senior year. Um, he's ultra athletic with some velocity and a good slider. And then Cam Pageant's kind of that middle guy. He's from Salisbury, another another kid from that. You know, you look at Kyle Seager, you look at Vance Honeycutt, Ike Freeman. Cam's tough. He's athletic. He reminds me of this age of Michael Morn Like his, he's not going to be throwing 94, but his best off-speed pitch is a changeup. And when you have a changeup, you can you can be a left-handed pitcher basically because you equalize left-handed hitters. Um, and then we have a transfer from from Vanderbilt, uh, you know, Berkwich that is going to be pretty tough on lefties. So between me and Coach Gaines, you know, just utilizing these guys and and trying to to figure out the depth and how it's going to work. But the goal is, you know, I told Coach Gaines the other day, and, and Matt Poston, another big, big body kid that's thrown well in the preseason, the goal is you put a guy in when you're up, you know, 10-2, to and the other team's like, how in the heck is this guy not pitching? That's when you feel like, okay, you've got got some pitching depth, and and we're hoping that is the case. But on the reverse side of that, when your bullpen's this unproven, you're going to have some – you might blow a save here, but that's the only way you learn. you got to put these guys out there and figure out, okay, can this guy do it? Because that's what we're searching for the most when the season starts. Who is going to be this year's Davis-Palermo? And we would prefer – them to emerge a little sooner. It took Davis about half the season, uh, really, to, to get in that role. But today, uh, I'll tell you that our plans are is for Dalton Pence to be our closer.
2: So, at media day and really all fall, you've wanted to get that pitching depth where it needed to be. So, my question is, given what you've told us about all the big arms, is right now, are you comfortable with it?
0: You know, I'm never comfortable, um, anybody that knows me. Um, you know, I, I it's hard. You don't want to comp, you know, it's rare. You have to get lucky, just to be honest with you, to have an Alex White, Matt Harvey, and Adam Warren. I mean, now Adam was one that, that emerged, but you're talking to Alex White, Matt Harvey, two guys that turned down a lot of money to come here. You know, that doesn't always happen. But And and we feel like we, we've got a couple of those. Um, I do feel like our depth, the potential of our depth is the best it's been in the last three years uh that that's what i feel like but it's unproven so when it's when it is unproven you don't really know as a coach until the other uniform comes in um and you cross that white line and the game is a it, it's a meaningful game somebody wins and somebody loses and you always get surprised i mean you look at our team last year you know mikey midday was here the other day and i'm like that kid set the bench for 30 games roughly and he stabilized our whole offense he really did because we had some guys that struck out but he didn't strike out he moved the ball played good defense you know and then colby coming in there and uh you know you get a lot i mean gage Gillian's stuff compared to these guys stuff on a major league scale is not even in the same league but gage gillian had ice water in his veins you know so I'm, i'm 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 interested to see how these guys do when they have to come in, the bases load a jam. And I'm as excited as you are just to see it. But I think over time, if, you know, that's where coaching comes in. you got to figure out how to get those pieces to get right at the right time and hopefully the second half of the season be playing your best baseball.
2: 19 new pieces go a long ways with a lot of returning veteran leadership. That's Scott Forbes, head coach. Third season starting Friday, 4 o'clock in the Bosch. Hope the weather holds. It sounds like it's going to. Yeah, Um, we'll get it in. But either way, it's always a great day to be in Boschheimer Stadium, see North Carolina open the season. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Greg.
0: Yeah, thank you all for just the coverage. And college baseball is growing at an unbelievable pace, so we
2: appreciate it.
1: Good luck this season, Scott. Thanks.
2: Indeed. Thanks. I'll see you all. All right. Thank you all. Have a great day. You too. Thank you. Many thanks to Scott Forbes and – The North Carolina Baseball Program for the time. Johnny T-Shirt and JohnnyT-shirt.com for sponsoring this podcast. Make sure you take time to rate, review, subscribe. If you're watching this or listening to this, check out the YouTube version on the Inside Carolina YouTube channel. And as always, send us show ideas. Greg and I will be here all week, actually all summer, actually all year, bringing you the latest from North Carolina sports.